Yesterday, we launched our brand new link building course, the Shotgun Skyscraper Blueprint. This is an advanced link building course and is a complete blueprint to deploy Shotgun Skyscraper in your business. If you want to learn how to build white hat links at scale, slash your cost per link in half and automate and outsource the entire process, then head over to authorityhacker.com slash Shotgun Skyscraper Blueprint now. This course also includes SOPs, pre-written job descriptions, and even a custom software tool that is only accessible for members. The Blueprint is only available for a limited time, and there is a special early bird bonus available for an even shorter amount of time for people who take action quickly. So if you're listening to this after the launch has finished, I know this happens, there will be an opt-in page on the page, and you can sign up to be notified when it will be next available. But it might be some time yet. As you know, we're pretty good at launching courses only one every year and a half or something. So if you want to get in now, go on autoryhacker.com slash shotgun skyscraper blueprint now. And in today's episode, we are actually, to celebrate the launch of the course, going to talk about the way we actually scaled white hat link building and the way we implemented that shotgun skyscraper and what it is, where it comes from, and give you all the details about the bird's eye view of this whole system so that if you are interested, you can actually go get the course that gives you all the details. So let's get started with the show. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. We do launch, is finally here. We finally did a product launch. It's been like, how long has it been, Mark, since we actually did a product launch? Like it's been like two years or something. All no, it's been a year and a half. I think it was October 2017 that we did a full new product launch, not including the version two of the authority site system, which we launched last year. There wasn't really such a big launch though. Yeah, but this is like actually something new for once. Uh, Brand new. We, yeah. We haven't been sleeping a lot, to be honest, because we had to put like the member area together and all the technicalities of actually getting giving access to the course to people. So Forgive us if we're a bit tired, blank out, or anything like that. But what we're going to do today is we're essentially going to give you a free bird's eye view of that scalable handling building system that we're talking about in the course. We're going to just go dive in details on how it works. How is it possible to scale white hat links? And is that bullshit or is that just like actual thing that really happens? But I want to start with a survey that I did in the uh, HPro community where um, essentially that's kind of what drove this one to be our first like advanced course. Where we asked, like, what's the most challenging part of growing your sites? And I think it was like overwhelmingly link building. I think, like, you know, there was a hundred votes for link building, and then the next one was like content creation, like 15 or something. So it was massively, massively link building. And, uh, and clearly, despite everything that's out there, I mean, there's a lot of people talking about link building these days, more than there ever was in terms of SEO content, et cetera. There are other courses, there are all these things, and, and many of our HPro members, they have had access to other courses. And despite all of that, people are massively struggling with link building. People are really, really not gaining as many links as they'd like to have, or at least they, that's the perception that they have about, about their business, that they're not getting enough. So can you tell us why you think that is, Mark? There are numerous reasons why I think this is. First and foremost, and this is, I guess, more a personal opinion or of of my kind of anecdotal observations of other people, is that link building, 
requires a lot of different skill sets, which many people, a lot of different skill sets many people don't have. That might be things like building a process, sales, spreadsheet wizardry, HR, management, recruitment, these kinds of things, writing even as well. People skill, yeah. People tend to be good at one thing. Maybe someone will be good at building processes and maybe even spreadsheets as well, if you're lucky. But that same person is very unlikely to be very good at sales or creating outreach templates or communicating with... Finding angles, yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. So it really requires a kind of someone who is genuinely a jack of all trades, but not just average at all those things, but is actually pretty good at all those things to do well. So I think that's why most people are, are put off. I think that's a maybe misplaced issue because you can outsource many of these individual. If you break down the process into many different parts, it's very easy actually to find one person who can do each individual part on its own. It's just that that kind of seems like a bigger project than maybe it really is to people who, who don't have link building systems in their in their business. So I think that's a big reason why people are uh, not doing it or not doing it well. I also say that re- fear of rejection is a big issue. And it, it sounds like it shouldn't really be a big deal. And most people would say, oh, you know, I'm, I, I don't care. I don't have an ego, that kind of thing. But everybody does, myself included. To some extent, everybody has an ego. Everyone cares. Except me. At least a lot. Maybe you don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you, actually, you generally might be the exception to this rule. <laughs> but I say most normal people definitely care if they get rejected in this kind of circumstance when they're, they're, they're putting their, their self, their brand, their their blog, whatever the content they've created, they're putting that on the line and they're asking someone to link to it and say, no, it's terrible or no, I would never do that. A lot of people take that to heart and it can be it can dissuade them from actually doing more link building, following through and that kind of thing. So I, I definitely feel that that's a huge factor. I mean, any and- kind of endeavor, you know, like it, even for us, I disagree. I think I have an ego. You know why? Because like one negative review on the podcast will affect me more than like a hundred positive reviews on the podcast. I'd be like, oh, what are we doing wrong, etc. Like, there's a few things like that where, like, when you really put yourself into this stuff, like, really, we're like no filter on this podcast, and like, and like, people are like, oh, this could be better or something. And still, like, the negative reviews are the ones that stand out the most. And I think that's the same for rejection for link building. Like, you might get like overall positive, something positive, but like, you'll get a couple of harsh rejections. We have had people tell us to fuck off, etc. I we have a, a, a draft of a post with like uh, the funniest responses that we ever got from outreach. Uh, I need to publish at some point. But it's like this will affect people, especially people who are like not the most social people, which is a lot of people who do online marketing. Let's be honest, and and these people will will be more affected usually than like someone who's just selling encyclopedias every day. <laughs> is that still a job? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the shittiest job I've ever <laughs> That's way like worse than Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in addition to facing rejection, the fact that you really need to go deep into each tactic to, to make it work well and to, to gain those efficiencies. It's one of those things, everyone listens to this podcast, unless you're brand new, you probably know what guest posting is and the basic premise of how to do it right there's a million and one blog posts out there with like 
so-called step-by-step tutorials about how to do guest posting. And that's fine. But how many people really, truly implement that and continually evolve that process, test, repeatedly test, and over years and years and years, build up, build up, build up, and get so much efficiency out of it that they really understand it and they really make it work well. I'd say very, very few people. And that construct is like, it's so applicable to many different areas of of business. It's, It's like, if you look at Amazon, it's so easy, you would think, oh, we'll just throw up an e-commerce store and we'll sell shit, right? The intricacies of every single step of the process, the checkout, the follow-up, the retargeting, the landing page, all this kind of stuff, it, it, Amazon has really figured out it all so well and they're constantly evolving it. And it's the same kind of mentality that you need with link building to do well. Otherwise, you're just kind of doing sort of average and then you use and what ends up happening is that you discount your link building tactic. Oh, guest posting doesn't work. Skyscraper doesn't work or it's not that effective. And a lot of people I, I meet seem to think that we're, like, we're somehow like hiding back all our best link building tactics. And what they need is not to implement a process and test it and evolve it and work hard at it. What they need is to learn our secret tactic that we're not not sharing. But honestly, there is no secret tactic. There's no secret sauce. The secret sauce is in the execution and continually improving your, your processes, your link building processes over time till it gets to some crazy efficient level. But at the end of the day, it is just something like guest posting or skyscraper that you've, you you keep working on. I guess it's sort of like shiny object or shiny tactic syndrome, if you want to uh, make it specific to link building, that, that's an issue here as well. So I, I definitely, definitely feel that that's a, a big issue people have. It's also an issue like the content that's produced around these things, right? So think about a shit product versus a quality product. Like if people drink whiskey, for example, or eat chocolate or something like some kind of product where there's like really bottom of the barrel and really, really high-end stuff. The spectrum of quality, the difference is massive, right? And the problem with lean building content that's produced out there is that how much can you fit into a 2,000, 3,000, or even, you know, for the really big ones, I mean, like branding, et cetera, it will still put like a 6,000, 7,000 watt guide or something out there. But you really think that if you wanted to make a guide on making the absolute best Belgian chocolate or absolute best whiskey, like these houses that do these things, they've been perfecting the art over a hundred years, right? You could not really put all that information in a blog post. And it's kind of, the thing is like in SEO, because honestly, we're in a generation that literally has ADHD. People can't, don't have the patience to essentially refine their art, you know? And so, and most importantly, the people that do make so much money, they don't really create content around it. And so, Learning the basics, learning how to make shit chocolate or shit whiskey, you can probably do that in a 2,000-word blog post. But to be honest, it's not going to give you any kind of edge because if you're competing at the bottom of the market, then you're competing with all these brands that just do large volumes and anyway will will win with economies of scales. But if you want to create really high-quality stuff, then there's there's nowhere to learn it other than like on the job usually. And so I think what that creates is that creates a lot of people that learn the really basic versions of all these tactics and as you say don't really get any kind of success and kind of like jump from one tactic to the other and just end up doing nothing end up trying to collect low quality tactics rather than like get a few that actually sets them ahead of the competition which is essentially what you need to make a 
bit of a dent in any kind of decently competitive niche these days. I mean, that's my opinion yeah. on this. It's just- you need to execute your process better. You don't need more tactics. I think that's kind of like the the, the takeaway from from that. Case in point, look, in the middle of 2017, we started a brand new site, brand new domain, sold it just at the end of last year. So it was 18 months old. We sold it for mid six figures. Basically, the entire outreach, all of the links we got to that site came from this tactic, Shotgun, shotgun Sketch Gripper. We There were some guest posts and stuff in there as well, but it was it was all based on this shotgun outreach, which we're, we're going to talk about today. Yeah, so let's just speed things up and actually stop talking about it. Uh, <laughs> you, I think you wanted to talk about how we got there first, so I'll let you, I'll let you tell the story because you're better at stories usually. So yeah. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Uh, so th- this is a kind of like a real quick sort of history lesson about how Gail and I got started link building and what like how we came to do this type of outreach. So way back in 2010, we used to run an agency, a digital marketing agency for, for clients, mostly SEO. We did some PPC and some other stuff as well, but mostly SEO. And to be honest, we... We didn't really know what we were doing when it came to link building back then. However, there were a number of tools out there. Maybe some of the older people in the audience or some people who have been around for a while might remember them. Tools like Article Marketing Robot, Unique Article Wizard, Linkvana, Build My Rank. Uh, do you remember any others? There's, there's a bunch of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of Wicked Fire services, Wicked Fire Black Hat World, this kind of stuff. They still exist if you go on Black Hat World. Like oh, really? This. <laughs> There's some crazy ones. Like I was sending some to Matt Diggity and I was like, you need to work on, on your on your link building service marketing because these guys are killing you. <laughs> uh, and it's like, it was like Lady Gaga Rider link building package or something. Awesome. Like, this, is, this is amazing. <laughs> so back then, these were basically, you would take an article and you'd spin it. So that meant for each word, you would add syn- or substitute it automatically with synonyms and it would create this barely legible article which technically was unique but not really from like a human wouldn't be, really be able to read it but this actually worked or counted as unique content in in google and this software would just blast it out to a number of websites that they owned or they partnered with and you'd get tons of links like thousands of links you know in days and it, it cost, I don't know, like 80 bucks a month or something. It was honestly, it was, it was awesome at the time because you could, you could rank websites really, really quickly. It was like super scalable. It was a easy process. You didn't really need to do too much. And yeah, the world was great. That all came crashing down. However, in 2012, when Google ro- rolled out the first penguin updates, which basically targeted these kinds of, these kinds of links. And so. In our agency, we a ton of our clients that we were working with got hit, got penalized because they were doing all these, or we were doing all these kind of links for them. So that was not a good time to be a gray hat link builder. So at the time, because we had this kind of big catastrophic event, we decided that hey, we want to be, we want to work with Google. We want to like be on their side. We don't want to suffer any kind of like major penalty like this ever again. So let's not. Um, push our luck let's kind of do what they want to do and so we started doing actual outreach we was like okay get this guest posting things there seems to be a lot of articles talking about it let's let's give it a go so we did actual outreach and then we because we had so many clients though um, we we got a lot more because 
other people's clients got penalized so that everyone kind of jumped ship and just ended up trading clients around it's the time. the agency dance. It happens every time there's an update. Yeah. Yeah. So that happened. We started basically offering a guest post service where we would sell guest posts to, or we'd like do guest posting for, for companies. And so we ended up getting like quite a lot of new clients coming in and what made it easier for us was to start making a database of all the sites we know that took guest posts. Again, people might remember these like business to community and lifehack.org were, were the, the two, uh, I think, ones that were, they're all right sites, but they would just literally take any, de- any half decent guest posts. So it was very easy to get links from them. If you bought links from us in the early days, we would most likely, uh, the first two would be from there. Anyway, as we were building this database, we discovered that some of the sites were charging a fee, you know, 10 to $25. And so this was kind of bad because it cost money, but it was actually good in a way because we were selling links for more than this. And then even with this, this cost in, we could, we could make profit. So we ended up buying links essentially. Again, this was back when we had our agency. This is not when we, we worked on any of our authority sites. This was before that we were buying loads of links for, for our clients and what ended up happening, though, was that all our staff actually stopped bothering to do any actual outreach. And then because they had this big list of people they could go to and just buy links, they, they just did that. Because they were doing that all the time, they kind of got like a little bit inefficient with it and like the quality dropped. And it just wasn't really a good situation. And so, yeah, that went on for quite a while. But when it came to starting our own authority sites, we decided, okay, we don't want to like get any of these shitty links because they weren't shitty they weren't all shitty to be fair some of them were actually all right but there were a lot of sites that would literally just you know for 10 bucks anyone would post on there and you you ended up eventually like the casinos would find them and like it would just really really all go downhill from from there as i said when we started our authority sites we wanted to do this super super white hat so like do proper outreach and we really took everything that everyone was saying to heart and we're like, all right, let's spend ages crafting, carefully crafting every message we're sending, asking for a guest post and, and all that kind of thing. And while we did get some really good links from that, that approach, it just did not scale. I mean, we would work on it for a little while ourselves and then, and then something else would come along, you know, some other issue and we'd, we'd jump on that. And then this whole process would just die and there'd be like no links coming in. So it, we weren't able to operate it continuously because it took all of our time and we weren't able to scale it. And it was very hard to find other people to to do it for us because the good link builders, well, they all had their own websites or they all had their own agencies and were selling links for hundreds of dollars each. It was, yeah, it was a very, very tough, tough thing to, to keep going. That's sort of when Gail came up with the, the shotgun approach. His idea was essentially the same structure as the, the sniper approach, which I just mentioned, you know, spending ages carefully crafting each out- outreach message. But instead, we would like rush through it and like at, at scale, see how many I- initial outreach messages we could send out. We wouldn't personalize them or would there'd be very, very, very minimal personalization. And then based on who responded, then we would take the time to actually... Yeah. Talk to them. That was the idea. The idea was to create an initial, to change the strategy, to create an initial ping to see who is a replier. It's basically people who, regardless of the email you send, like it's not the email you send that matters. It's do people read their emails? And, and so as a result, like the, the quality of your email does matter. 
it's actually a fairly small factor compared to the amount of people you're going to be emailing where it's like the wrong email or they're just not working there anymore or they're just they're like so overwhelmed with the rest of their inbox that regardless of how good your email is they will not reply etc so what you want is like we would go super generic and just be like hey like is this the right place to talk to the editor or something so it's really really basic and then people would just reply or not. And then when they reply, it's just like, it's just a normal discussion from there. And then you just put whatever you would put in your initial outreach email into that second email. But you know they, they read their email at that point. So you don't waste any time. Yeah, you're, you're already in a discussion with them at that point. So it's worth it to spend all that time writing something more, more customized. And these are kind of somewhat made up numbers, but even if you get one third of the reply rate, which I think we were getting more than that in, in many cases. It's about, yeah, it's, it's about half, I think, or even like more two thirds or something. Like it's quite if high. you get one third of the re- reply rate with the shotgun approach versus a sniper approach, but you're sending 50 times more emails, which again is very easy to do, you're getting 16.7 times more links than you will with the sniper approach. So the, the biggest issue with that is you kind of feel like you're not doing a good job because you're sending this not spammy, but like non-customized outreach and everything you read tells you that you have to spend ages doing something super custom, but it's not true. You can send generic emails. You can blast generic emails out, spend time replying to the people who reply to you and get way more links, like just so many more. It's not even not even funny. There's many ways to make the, the generic email invisible as well. Like, I mean, like uh, just being like, hey, is this the, the right place to talk to the person in charge for the editorial on this site? Like you can say that to any site, right? To any email. And it's a yes or no question, basically. And then people will reply. And then, you know, you have a replier. And then most people, like they won't understand that it's a massive email. Like how would you know if this is like just a one-off email? And also most people receive are not personalized. Only when people email you, but most of the emails you receive these days, they're not from people. They're from like services you're subscribed to and things like that. And, you know, like subscribe, like whatever, like updates from the tax office or this stuff. And these emails are not personalized. So actually, people's resilience towards non personalized emails is much higher than people expect because they only think about people emailing people, but really most email is not people emailing people, it's mostly notifications. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into the specifics of this when we talk about the specifics of Shotgun Skyscraper and how to do it in just a second. But the basic takeaway is don't be afraid of, of sending out lots of somewhat generic emails. You will actually, it may be counterintuitive, but you, you will get a lot more links from that approach. So once we discovered that, once we had that realization, we spent the last several years basically scaling the shit out of it. That's the simplest explanation I can, I can give. We've been constantly testing, improving, and evolving that simple process. And yeah, it's, it's really paid dividends for us on, on several of our sites. The one I, we, we sold in end of December last year that, that I just, just, just mentioned, that would not have been possible had we not had this shotgun skyscraper link building process in place. Just before I, I, I talk you through how to do it, I want to explain what the skyscraper approach is exactly in case anyone doesn't know or in case it's, it's not clear. The, the term, the skyscraper technique, which interestingly is actually a trademark owned by Brian Dean from Backlinko. He coined the, this term skyscraper several years ago now, actually. And the basic premise is that you find a topic someone else has content about 
and that a lot of people link to. You then build a newer, better, more improved, whatever version of that content. And then you ask the people linking to the original version to link to you as well. So there, you can divide this into a couple of different strategies. One would be the sort of sniper approach where you, for each message you're sending, you spend a lot of time sending a custom email, trying to build rapport with the person, researching what they do, who they are, to kind of try and connect with them in that initial email. So that would be the sniper approach. Or you can use a shotgun skyscraper approach, which is the one we're talking about today, where you basically send everyone on the, on the prospect list the same email, and then everyone who replies, you then spend your time kind of negotiating and customizing what you, you say to, to a much greater greater extent. And doing this, well, you can realistically send within, I mean, it takes a little while to warm up your, your outreach uh, account, your, your email account. You can't just immediately start sending hundreds of messages per day with G Suite at least. But you can comfortably start sending 300 or so emails per day after a couple months. Once you do that, and once you hit that scale, the links just start pouring in. It's it's it's, it's pretty crazy. So yeah, that's kind of a, an overview of the of what skyscraper is and what shotgun skyscraper is. Cool. So can we jump a bit more into the process of like what people should actually do to make this stuff happen? Sure. So I'm sure if you've tuned into this podcast, you're thinking, okay, that's great, Mark. Don't give me your life story. Just tell me how to freaking do this. So we're gonna tell you how to do shotgun skyscraper link building right now and you don't even need to buy the course to, to do this so here goes so why would people buy the course then i'll tell you at the end so the first step there's six steps the first step is to identify good keywords for shotgun skyscraper the best tool to use for this is ahrefs unsurprisingly you use their keyword explorer and you you want to put in a broad keyword about any kind of subtopic in your niche uh, you, this is just something to start with. Then you want to look for informational keywords. So they have a, an option to look for questions, so question keywords, because they, they always tend to be uh, informational based and they're, they're very good for, for, for Shotgun Skyscraper. You can sort those, those results in descending order by keyword difficulty. Keyword difficulty is a metric which Ahrefs created. And how it's calculated... Actually, not true. Longtail Pro created it, and then Atrof added it to the new Keyword Explorer. But a lot of tools have Keyword Difficulty. Did they use the same metric when they created it initially? So the interest with Ahrefs KD, Keyword Difficulty, is that it's 100% based on links to pages ranking. And therefore, when you want to build links, it's quite interesting to aim for these high KD keywords, high difficulty, because they're directly correlated with more links you can reverse engineer, you know? So, so just, just for the avoidance of doubt, keyword difficulty is a metric that is calculated based on the number of links pointing to the top 10 results for any specific keyword in a SERP that Ahrefs has found. Typically, you'd want a low KD, low keyword difficulty keyword when you're doing you know, a regular blog post for your, your site because obviously less competition is, is good and it's easier to rank for or something to look for at least. The opposite is true when you do shotgun skyscraper keyword research because you're looking for terms which have loads and loads of links pointing to to the the guys at the top. So once you have that, you can also look at the the parent topic which is listed there, which will give you an idea of sort of 
topics or keyword clusters that you can start start making groupings around. There are two ways to collect keywords for Shotgun Skyscraper. One is just doing what I mentioned there. The other is doing that first and then looking at who also is ranking for these terms that you found. So who, what other sites are, are in that SERP? You can look at the number of linking root, root domains for each of those competitors and, so, and assess whether it's worth identifying them as a competitor. And then you can actually put, put that URL of that competitor into Ahrefs Site Explorer, go to Pages, Best Buy Links, and then look for informational pages. So just discount any homepage, about page, products page, that kind of thing. And you, you'll get a massive list of, of URLs there for if you do this for enough sites for, for potential topics you can you can go through you can either add these directly to your list or you can even take each of those urls and look at which keywords those pages are ranking for and then find more competitors and just the the, the cycle goes on and on and on it really takes a long long time if you if you keep doing this to run out of topic ideas to to create content for for, for shotgun skyscraper so anything you want to add to that gail not really. I mean, the KD trick is one of my favorites, to be honest. One thing that is interesting as well is the new content explorer on Ahrefs is pretty good. And like just sorting this stuff, like putting a general topic that like you'd like to get links around and um, then sorting referring domain in there is also interesting to find these uh, content ideas. These are the two I, I use these days. Essentially, you find really high authority sites when you do that. And I tend to look at their most linked two pages as well. That's kind of the straight do. Yeah, it's always worth sort of keeping a list, whatever niche you're in, it's always worth keeping a list of big competitors or all competitors really in your your space. Like a lot of not just link building, but all sorts of things you do in SEO is based on kind of what your competitors are doing and stuff. Having that list easily accessible is is also super handy. Uh, Anyway, back to Shotgun Skyscraper. Once you have identified good keywords to use for this, you then want to build linkable content around those keywords as we said before the idea here is to create really really good content better than ideally better than what else is is out there so there are a number of ways you can you can do this the first thing that's worth bearing in mind is that content tends to age quite quickly so it's usually not too difficult to just simply make a a more updated version of something which is already out there there aren't that many sites that regularly update their content even you know every year or so, so you, you can often just get away with making a more up to date version. However, if that's not an option or you want to go further, you can think about like covering different angles, research what what other people have written it, and like bring more content together and what more ideas about that topic together in one place. You can make it easier to use for the the, the reader. Maybe there's some site out there that has a massive wall of text. Of about a topic, but you can kind of organize it, break it down into subtopics, make it look nicer, make it easier to read, really. You can get experienced topic experts. You can hire those who can maybe add personal anecdotes or, or photos or, or, or something else. Uh, you can add custom illustrations. The list goes on. Anything you can do to make the content really, really good is, is going to help you here. That's the kind of idea there. Once you've created that content, you want to make, when you're uploading it, when you're publishing it, you want to make it appeal to potential link partners. Remember, we don't care here about ranking this article on Google. We don't care about our audience, really. 
not our audience, our, our readers of the article. What we care about, it, it sounds weird, but it's what actually true. Someday, someone, someone's going to quote that. Someday. Like, we don't care about our audience. <laughs> when it comes to Shotgun Skyscraper for Link Builders, we don't care about our audience because this content you're not writing it for your regular readers. You're writing it just to build links to. So what, it's, when ideal, you it's ideal to hit both, right? It's like, for example, Atari Hacker is typical like, example of a site where we try to do both. We try to, to both make the audience interested and to build, to write about topics that get us links. When you try to get both, essentially you're, you're, you have, you're looking for a crossover. So you're reducing the amount of opportunities. If you're purely playing the SEO game, then yes, just write the stuff that will get you links. What this also means is that you can get rid of any kind of pop-ups, any kind of ads, even all of you. There shouldn't be any affiliate links on this content either. You, you want to make it as high value, high impact as possible. And the less you can or the more you can do to remove any kind of financial aspect to this. like So, so people don't think you're making loads of money off of this content. You want people to, to just see the high high value and uh, it may sound like i'm talking kind of a bit nefarious terms or, or whatever but it, it this is the simplest way i can explain it to you like don't bother about trying to you're not creating regular content you're creating content and the only person you have in your mind when you're creating this content is the person you're sending your outreach emails to are they going to look at your content and think yes i want to link to this if so you've done a good job uh, so that's building linkable content. Yeah, I mean, for us, uh, let me just say, give some examples. So like for us, like one of the things that worked well is the site we sold was uh, custom illustrations. We would like, there's examples of this kind of stuff on Atari Hacker as well. So you can find it on, on blog posts, but like usually like explaining concepts with uh, graphics. So it's not infographics. Like It's not like a collection of things, just like one thing in one image. This got massive traction when we were emailing people. People liked it a lot. Branding was important as well. And there's the production value. It's kind of like, it's, it's sad in a way that the way you present your content is almost as important as what you're saying. And often it's easier to present well than to, do, to come up with original data, for example, original insights. And so the people that are able to present their content well and overall present their site well, so have good branding, etc., will actually tend to do better with when you produce this kind of content. If you're able to show off a bit, a bit, but not too much, like don't put 20 Thrive boxes in your blog post, it goes a long way. Okay, so moving on, step three, we need to create a list of prospects. These are the people who we want to contact. Uh, and the way to do that is to take your topic and find a list of similar articles which have lots of links to them. So you would take your the keywords relevant to it. You put that at a basic level. You can just put that in Google, look at the results. And if you have the Ahrefs Chrome extension, you'll see how many linking root domains they have. The ones which have lots, you want to start making a list of those. So that's a simple way. A more advanced way, rather than just copying and pasting from, from the Google SERP, is to use Ahrefs Keyword Explorer. Now, at the time of recording, which is May 2019, the version three beta has been released. So in there at the moment, you cannot extract the, the SERP data. You can see it, but you can't export it. So if you just click on the Keyword Explorer, there should be a link to switch to the old interface it's called, and you can find version 2.0. And in there, you can export at the click of a button, the top 100 results for uh, any keyword. Uh, so that makes it very, very quick to 
build, start building a list of, we call them competitors. So these are people who, who have similar articles, similar piece of content to, to the one we've just created. And then what you need to do is you want to put each of those URLs, and there can be a lot of them, so this may take a little while, but you put each of those URLs through Ahrefs Site Explorer. Ahrefs Site Explorer, remember, among many of the things it does, it will identify all of the backlinks point from other sites pointing to that, that one URL you've input. This is going to give us a big list of backlinks pointing to, to each domain. So again, we want to be exporting each of these lists. Uh, so, I mean, there's many different Excel files throwing, going around by this point. So make sure you name everything correctly and you're kind of on top of things. This gets a little bit crazy if you, if you don't have that on point. You can also at this point, by the way, filter out any low DR site. Sometimes it's not worth contacting uh, sites with like DR20 or below. I mean, you can set your own threshold wherever you want. If you're just starting out, any, any link's probably a good one. But uh, if you're a more sort of advanced site and you've, you're more established, then then you probably don't really care so much about links from super low DR sites. These lists to which you've built, which you've ex- exported from Ahrefs, essentially this is your prospects list. So it's the people linking to the similar articles about the topic we've just created. Now, obviously, if you have the URL, that doesn't really, it's not really enough to contact them. You need to, to be emailing them. So for step four, which is finding their contact info, the best way we've found to find contact info at scale is a paid tool called hunter.io. And they have a feature called bulk domain search where you can input a domain and it will output a list of email addresses that it has up to 10 results per domain. If you have more than one, that's actually a bad thing because you have to decide which email address to, to choose. And it can be a bit annoying to, to filter that kind of outs it's a it's a very manual process you could just take the top email address it it gives you but that might not be so good for data quality because you probably want to be emailing individuals and not for example uh, a sales at email address or a support email address you you generally want to be emailing the editor or the owner someone who's responsible for for content at the site Hint, we've actually built a tool which does this whole process automatically for you. So if you buy our, the course which is on sale at the moment, the Shotgun Sketcher Blueprint, you can get that and save yourself hundreds of hours per month. Shameless plug, I know. There are a few other ways to, to find contact info, though. You can manually look for it just on the website. Maybe they have a contact page, about page that has their, their, their email address. Even sometimes like you find it in the privacy policy and some other kind of out-of-the-way places. A good hack, I've talked about this before, is uh, using the Facebook about page where you find, if you just go to their Facebook page and click on the about tab, loads of people have their email addresses there. I don't know why. Maybe it's when you create a Facebook page, it asks you to do it or it pulls automatically. I I don't know. People feel safe putting their email on Facebook usually. Like it just feels okay, you know, like... Yeah, but seriously, like a huge number of people will have their, their email address uh, on there. So if you want to find actual contact information for someone, then it's, it's a really good good way. Look, we, we did a full podcast just on this topic, finding people's email addresses a couple of months ago. Uh, so we'll so link that in the show notes, but you can go find that out. Go back to, I think it was like March 2019. There was one, how to find anyone's email addresses. We have like 10 more tactics, which we use in there. 
We now have a list of people to contact and we have their contact information. So step five is going to be to actually contact them. The way we do that is we use a tool called mailshake.com. That's M-A-I-L-S-H-A-K-E. Loads of people seem to mishear me when I, when I say that for some reason. And we used to use a tool called GMAS, which does kind of the same thing. Mailshake's just a little bit better. Interface, yeah. yeah. No, it's much better. A lot better. It's significantly better. GMAS is terrible. Don't use it. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's, it's not actually... It, it's fun, but it's much better. Fundamentally, they do the same thing. Mailshake has a really good interface and they're developing some really cool features. They have really good A-B testing and some other stuff in there that's just... Like, I, I really like the, the guy behind it, Sujin Patel as well. He, he knows what he's doing with, uh, with software. So, yeah. A Mailshake, great, great tool. You should, you should go use them if you're, if you're doing Chuck and the Skyscraper. Essentially, what Mailshake is, it's a mail merge tool. So, you upload your prospects list, which will be uh, a CSV, which will have like email address in one column, name in the other column, URL in another column. You can add as many fields as you want and it will recognize them all. So you, you upload that and then you create an outreach template, which can be any kind of message which you want to send to all these people. There are a couple different strategies here. You can ask something generic, like Gail was saying earlier, hey, do you, is this the right person's contact for a question about your blog or something more generic? Or my preference is to just go straight in and ask for the link and say, hey, you know, I created this piece of content. I saw your link to so-and-so. How about you add a link to my mine as well? I think your readers would appreciate it, something like that. And then what Mailshake will do is it will email all of the people individually and take the the email address and the name and all the the row of each row of each individual person you want to be contacting it, and then add those as kind of like merge fields somewhere in your message. So if instead of uh, having something that says, hey, you can actually add someone's name to it and it will automatically pick the right name, match that up with the right email and send that out. Really, really powerful tool. If you're not using it already for, for sort of white hat outreach type link building, then you probably should be. The tool itself also has some like more advanced features, has like fallback fields. So if you don't have someone's name for, for in some of the cases, then you can put a fallback like, you put the word there. So it would say, hey, Mark, and then, hey, Gail, on the next one. And then if it didn't have the next person's name, it would just say, hey, there. So using this kind of strategy, you can really build some like nice personalization into, into your messages, but without taking any amount of time. Uh, so as you can imagine, the scales really, really well. Finally, Mailshake also handles follow-ups. We did a, a bit of data analysis at one point. And we found that over 50% or just, just actually, I think it's 51% of our links came from follow-ups. So if you send someone a message, often, you know, they're busy or they're out, they check it on their phone, but they don't have time to re respond at the time. And then it just gets pushed to the bottom of the inbox. They forget about it and life gets in the way kind of thing. So having a couple of follow-ups in there, yeah, and you can set this in Mailshake to go out, you know, five days, seven days after the first message an automated follow-up which would say, hey, just checking if you saw my previous mail. And then the third one would say something like, hey, I'll give this one last chance. Are you interested? Or you know, can you find that person for me? Whatever it is you're saying. That basically is how you do your, your initial outreach. And you're able to send hundreds of, of these emails per day. And when you get to that point, then really the links will start flowing in. But 
that's not quite the end of the, the process because step six, which is kind of, we call it negotiation. It's more just kind of like a discussion. It's not, you're not really trying to, you know, yeah. it's not hostage negotiations. Yeah. <laughs> Release the hostages. Exactly. So. Go, go get the kids cool address. Tell them you know it. <laughs> and then if they don't link to you, just paste the address in That's, the email. That is 100% successful. Black hat link building. Yeah. <laughs> do not do that, please. Negotiation, though, is this is where you'd spend the majority of your actual time in crafting and getting personal with people and understanding them and learning more about them. All the stuff that you would do when you're trying to do an initial outreach message using the sniper approach, you can spend the time doing that here in, in Shotgun because that person's already responded to you. You're already in a conversation with them. So I would say upwards of 90% of people who you message at this point are going to respond to you in, in some way it's not always going to be positive but they're going to respond to you in, in some way at this this point so this is just the the absolute beauty of of shotgun it allows you to spend your your time on people who have already responded yeah like a lot of people don't like it but in the end you actually just like it's genuine interaction and just the first email is just get to like figure out who who is interested in having a discussion you know i really think it's it's quite good to be honest when it comes to actually just discussing getting a, a link place, there's all sorts of ways you can you can go about it. Sometimes if you have asked for a link in your initial outreach, people will just straight away respond and, and give it to you. Sometimes they'll, they'll just say no. Sometimes they will tell you to fuck off. It doesn't happen very often, but it has happened a few times to us. Uh, it's going to happen if you do it at scale like, like we do. It's just a numbers game at the end of the day. A common thing which occurs these days is that people ask, for, webmasters ask for money. Now, if you listen to the podcast I did last week with Jason Malone, who runs a link building agency, we talked a lot, a lot about when people ask for money and should you pay them? He does, I don't. And we talked about how much you can expect to pay for those kinds of, kind of situations. And Jason had some really good negotiation tactics there to get the price down. So if you're interested in that side of things, go back and listen to last week's podcast for sure. But what I will say is that you don't have to pay for when people are asking for money. Usually it's only kind of like 20, 30, 40 bucks, something like that. You don't have to pay. You can if you want. I don't have any moral objection against people who do. We are pretty strict about not paying ourselves because we want to show to all, especially the beginners out there, that it's not something you have to do and you can build sites, you can sell sites for hundreds of thousands of dollars without paying for, for a single link. And it doesn't break Google's terms of service, most importantly. Exactly. Like when you pay for links, you, you essentially cross that line where Google could be like, well, your link profile is, is paid for and penalize your site. But even though like, it's hard for them to tell what is a paid link, what is not. Yet. Different people will have different kind of risk tolerances towards this. and Different people will classify it differently. I would call paying for a link like that gray hat many people would not though some people call any kind of link building gray hat so it's really down to the individual kind of how you you interpret that i go with the terms of service kind of approach i don't think um um i, I think paying for links does violate the terms of service therefore we don't do it but what i want to say about when people ask you for links is if you're not willing to pay or you don't want to pay we can't afford it even then think of another way in which you can provide value to that person. It could be a shout out on social media. You could 
help them out with your their site in some way. You could, I mean, most sites have broken links somewhere. You can easily find those in Ahrefs. So you could like, you know, help people out showing them some broken links they have. There are many, many ways you can you can use where you just like get your foot in the door kind of thing and, and show some value, deliver some value to, to people. And many, many times they will turn around and actually help you out because it's not too difficult. It doesn't take that much time to to add their link to to a piece of content that's there already. You could also try and switch it around and just propose a guest post instead. Uh, quite a lot of people who will charge you money to place a link in an existing post will be happy to take a brand new guest post from you for free because they're uh, they're getting value there. Now, obviously, you have to write that post. It costs you time or money depending on how you're producing it. So that's a different equation you have to to weigh up. But yeah, that's a that's an approach you can take as well. The final thing I want to say about the negotiation phase is that the more you do this, the more you will find that the vast majority of responses, probably about 80% of responses that you get, can actually be classified into just a handful of different types. So asking for money would be a type. Someone, for example, who says, oh, I'll get back to you later. That would be a type. And what we do is we have templated standard responses for each of these different types of responses. So for our link building team, when they're handling these replies, it's very easy. They just use like a Google canned response, a Gmail canned response to insert that template. And sometimes they need to customize parts of it or or they will, but it will also work if they just send it out without doing it. So that's a, a really good tip to speed up your kind of response handling quite significantly. Cool. So that's basically the outline, right? Yeah, that's that's how you do shotgun skyscraper. At its core, it's not a it's not rocket science. It's not massively complex. That is the process. So why would people buy their course after this? <laughs> Glad you asked. Well, like anything, like we said at the start, the devil is in the detail. So you probably have tried to implement, or maybe you've you've played around with different link building tactics before. But as I said, to really go the extra mile and implement this properly and constantly be working and evolving and testing and over many, many years, get each and every part of this process really down to a T. I mean, we, we have spent the best part of four, five years, maybe now even working on this and improving all of these six steps so that it's, it's crazy, crazy, crazy efficient and effective. Uh, so essentially... The Shotgun Skyscraper Blueprint, which we launched just yesterday, and by the way, is only available for a week uh, during this short launch window, it will show you how to build a, a true white hat link building system in your business. It'll show you how to reduce your cost per link just because it's so crazy efficient. It'll increase the number of links per hour you're getting to at least on a white hat level to levels you've probably never seen before. And most importantly, the blueprint will show you how to outsource and scale this entire system. So we have, sorry, go ahead. At some point we had uh, 35 staff doing name building and now we literally have like 1.5 and we have, I would say the output, like when we're at full speed now could be roughly similar, I would say. Yeah, I mean, the the efficiency that you get from, from shotgun skyscrapers, it, it's just, it's so hard to, to match. And if you want to get to that level, I mean, you can start by just going through this podcast and implementing that and then spending the time 
doing all the testing and try to improve every process over and over and over again. And you'll get there, but it'll just take you a lot of time. What we're offering you is a chance to to skip all that time and basically get the system we the final evolution of the system which we've created as we use it today in our business. I don't think anyone's really ever offered like level of detail of a link building system which commercially works on you know big big authority size. It works for every niche as well. It's important to say. But like a lot of uh, H Pro members implemented it as well and. And just like, I, I have yet to find a niche where it doesn't work. Like I, it will work in some niches because there might be like less prospects, et cetera. Yeah, the number of links you get is different, but comparatively to the amount of links that competitors get, you'll kind of be relevant and you'll, you'll always outperform them in terms of your link building. So it's, it's important to say whatever niche you're in, it probably works. So if you want our entire system for doing shotgun skyscraper, that's 45 plus videos, including 12 super advanced topics, which we've never really talked about before. All of our outreach templates, all of our negotiation templates, all of our SOPs, even pre-written job descriptions. So you can hire all the people you need. And there's a big lesson in there about how to do that, where to find them, how much to pay them. And the software tool that automates a big part of the process. So it'll save you hundreds of hours if you're, if you're doing this, just having that tool. If you want all that, then this week and this week only, head over to authorityhacker.com forward slash shotgun skyscraper blueprint with dashes in between each word. So shotgun dash skyscraper dash blueprint for limited time only. So if you're listening to this podcast, when it comes out, go to that page right now, because if if you hang about, you wait till tomorrow, I think the bonus, which we're offering, there's a limited time bonus available, it'll be gone. So the URL, once again, authorityhacker.com forward slash shotgun dash skyscraper dash blueprint. Cool. Well, uh, I guess that is the breakdown of shotgun skyscraper. Basically, we gave you the high level version of the whole system today. The course is a lot more in detail, but, you know, we always like to, first of all, show what we're going to talk about, not make it like some kind of mystery tactic that you only know about when you pay. And second of all, we know a lot of followers might not be able to afford it or something like that. So we wanted to give you something in this podcast despite that. And, you know, it's going to take longer. It's going to be more difficult, but you can still do it. And yeah, that's basically it. So uh, Mark repeated the URL 12 times. I'll say it one more time. Atoyahacker.com slash shotgun skyscraper blueprint. If you want to check that out and we're done with this episode. So thanks for listening. By the way, I wanted to say... We just passed 1 million downloads on the podcast, which is quite insane. So I want to thank everyone for regularly tuning into the podcast. Uh, we're going to keep going every week. I mean, that's a kind of a challenge this year to like not skip a single week apart from like one in Christmas or something. Yeah. So our goal this year is to do 50 podcast episodes this year, which basically means with taking a break at Christmas time, we'll need to do one every Monday. And it's the end of April, start of May, and we've done it so far. We've been pretty bad in previous years about, uh, yes. about doing that, I'll say. Maybe we did go We've been really good at finding excuses for not doing it. Yeah. But just setting that goal and, and you know, having that thing over our heads, it's, I don't know why it's worked, but it seems to, seems to have done the job. So, yeah. So, anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. One million downloads is crazy. Like, it's essentially like a Skype call with Mark and I. So, just amazing to think that a million, not a million people, many people download several episodes. But still, a lot of people have downloaded our podcast. So 
if you've been regularly listening, if you've been uh, following every week, etc., or even if you skipped a few, thanks for that. Thanks for everything. And uh, we're going to keep it going this year. So if you've enjoyed it, there should be a lot more coming. So that is going to do it for this episode. I hope you found value in us breaking down the whole system. We have this launch going this week. So it's very likely you will see our retargeting ads everywhere. You will get a bunch of emails, etc. That is part of the way we monetize Atari Hacker. That is what allows us to put all this free content out all the time. So that is going to go on for about a week. And then after that, we don't know when it's going to come out again. And as I said, we're pretty well known for uh, taking forever to do a second launch. So it could be a while. So that's about it. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Have a good week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.